Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler season with us. New cards. Welcome to Spoiler Season, Ravnica Allegiance Episode 4. Katie's back tonight, so Woo-hoo. you don't have to listen to me talk for an hour. Ooh, that's exciting. Only Thanks for to half our, an hour. That's right, that's right. Thanks to uh, Flipside Gaming for their support. You can find them online at flipsidegaming.com and to New England Comics, who you can find online at NEC Coolidge on Facebook. Or in person at Coolidge Corner. And yeah, you can find Flipside Gaming in person as well at Flipside Gaming. In New York. That's right, that's right. City. Uh, in New York in, State. Yeah, okay. So let's let's move on. Um, so our first card of the night, it's very angelic, uh-huh. and, uh, it, it has a theme that I like. Angel tribal. No, I like gates. Oh. Uh, we need a card. We're just waiting for the card that says gates you control, enter the battlefield, untapped. The mana base would be way too broken if you had that, in nah, addition nah. to all the check and tap. Nah. And, yeah. Nah. We need, we need, we need it, Katie. Okay. Well, anyways, what is this angel? Archway angel is white five for a three, four angel with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you gain two life for each gate you control. Gross. What do you mean gross? I mean, I would play it in limited. You would? Probably. Okay. It's a flyer. It's fine. Yeah. It's a six mana three four flyer. That's a pretty bad rate. Like you like flyer. Like flyers are good to have, but this is a pretty bad flyer. Um, and the two life seems kind of marginal. Oh, completely. Like it might to... be more like six life though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can like, but you know, you That's you're in the marked. gates deck. Like it's not bad, but like I don't know, life gain's not the best. It's fine. But if, like, you're that late in the game, you're probably doing okay. I don't know how much you need the life in the late game. Um, not my favorite card, but, like, like it's playable, certainly. Playable and limited. Next, we have a card, uh, maybe a little bit playable in Constructed. Yeah, this one's cool. This is wing- Winged Salamander. Ah, uh, the Winged Salamander. <laughs> winged. Winged. It's a, just a single blue mana for a 1-1 Salamander Drake with flying. Drakes! <laughs> and you can pay... Blue seven to adapt four. This ability costs one less for each instant or sorcery card in your graveyard. Wow. So if you have a lot of instant sorceries like you would in blue red drakes. If you have, say, seven instants of sorceries, yeah. it could be blue. It's and... you're paying blue blue for a five five. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Total, total yeah. blue blue. Um, which is not cost bad. And the adapt. There is some confusion. Like I've heard people talk about wanting this card for um, mono blue tempo. You don't want this card from Mono Blue Tempo. Like, let me make that clear. Like, people are like, oh, we can replace Miscloaked Herald with this. Like, no. No. Herald is unblockable. You will never realistically activate this in Mono Blue because you don't run that many instants and sorceries. So this card wants to be in a deck like Drake's, which actually just wants to cantrip through its whole deck, not Mono Blue Tempo, which wants to stick Obsession on a threat and tempo you out that just doesn't make sense so yeah. what yeah. i don't know is like in the mono blue drake or not mono, sorry in the red blue drake's deck mm-hmm. i think drakes are better like they can mm. grow to be this is a five five mm-hmm. but they grow to be like 15 fours true and they don't i don't know like like enigma drake even if you exile the graveyard somehow they're still it's still crackling maintains but yeah still yeah crackling. Um, yeah, like this one, right? If you have seven instant sources in your graveyards, you can either pay blue blue for a five five, or you can pay blue red one for a seven four. Worst yeah. case, so yeah, it might just it maybe if you want additional copies, this goes in. Um, but then you're losing a little bit of the like Delver esque mm-hmm. element of the deck where you just play a threat and protect the queen and try to hit him twice. But 
We'll see. It's certainly powerful, certainly uh, playable. Yeah, so. I saw a little bit of talk about it in Modern. I think oh. I think they were talking about it for like Death Shadow. Cause, I don't think I'd play this in Death Shadow. Yeah, they were like, it's anti-synergistic with Delve. But it is. there are... Uh, what what's the bedlam? They're red black though, right? But there there are decks in modern that can get a lot of spells in the yard fast. So like, I and mean, this would be a for large death shadow. Threat. You don't want this because it is anti synergistic with delve, but also they have like a lot of the delve, delve, well, delve uh, shadow runs eight creep. Well, they run the eight threats. They run the four street raids, and they run like about three snapcasters. So you're on like eh, fifteen creatures, but also you're only on seventeen lands. So you still do have a ton of spells, oh. but. You want to play a threat in Shadow, like, you're racing. You're trying to, like, pressure them while depriving, like, Stubborn Denial, Thought Seize, Protect Your Threat. Very, like, kind of similar to Delver and um, Drake's and Standard. And you want to deploy a threat on turn two, ideally, and not later than that. So on turn two, you often, like, you're trying to map build, like, the baubles and stuff have been incorporated into the deck, so you can turbo out... Uh, a Gurmag Angler on two more often, mm. and there's still cases where you miss it. So if you can't get just seven of anything in your graveyard by turn two, <laughs> including fetches and um, right. street raids and baubles, this card is not going to be... This is just too unreliable. Um, but yeah, in something like Blue Red Phoenix in Modern, then you're much more likely to be playing Blue Blue to make it a 5-5. Five five. But I think still, even in that deck... I just don't think it's as, it's good enough. Um, so I could be wrong, but I'm I'm not too optimistic for the card's chances in modern. Would you play this in limited? Because um, one mana, one one flyers, I tend to think are terrible, and eight is a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, it's kind of weird because it almost feels like a like an Izzet e card. Um, like oh, if yeah. I'm not running a lot of instants and sorceries, I just don't that like I either have to be planning to go really late. Um, or actually have a, a ton of instances, like a yeah. ton of, I, I don't even know if you can run enough instance or series. I mean, I guess like, let's say you get, what, if you get three into the yard, then you can pay five to, uh, or yeah, five to turn it into a five, five. So that's not awful. Um, so if you can, yeah, if you have a high spell count, it doesn't have to be blue. blue. That's what I, I'm thinking like, oh, it must be blue. Right. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be. Turn, no. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd play this in limited if I have some number of spells that maybe is higher than average. I think. Okay. Um, but even even if I'm just a slower deck, I'd probably run this for like a late game threat. But like you need to plan this as being a like six drop. Like think of it as like a six or seven mana five five flyer. That's a pretty good rate. Um, yeah. Not this is not a one drop. So don't oh, think of it as like a if you're doing your curve. Don't lay lay it out higher. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So next we have Cult Guild Mage, the Rakdos one. Uh, this is black red for a 2-2 human shaman. You can pay black 3 tap, target player discards a card, activate only as a sorcery, and then red tap, it deals 1 damage to target opponent or planeswalker. So the most important role this guild mage is going to play is it's it's a fantastic enabler spectacle. Um, just for a single red mana, so it's super cheap, you get to ping and turn on all your spectacle cards. So I think... Um, this card is is going to be really good and limited um, because it, it just really does a Rakdos Swans. And yeah. you can even play it in a grindier deck if you want to because of the discard ability, but it's, I really expect this to just be a, like a ping every turn, um, which is also like just fine in and of itself. Like if the board is stalled and you're in the late game and you're top decking, like being able to ping him for one has ended a lot of games. Oh, for sure, for sure. And it's really cheap. Like mm -hmm. red tap is... 
is a cost that you can afford to pay and still be fairly on curve with the rest of your deck. Do you like the art? Yeah, it's it's creepy. Oh, is that Jace? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally didn't realize that the puppet is Jace. No, yeah. Jace is a joke on Ravnica because he doesn't do his job as guild pack. So there, I think there's some other, there's another Rakdos <laughs> card. What is it? It's um, it's an old one. It's from the last Ravnica, like a uh, thespian shit stage has like a play and it's depicting Jace in the play as well, I believe. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So oh, Jace man. is just a laughing stock on Ravnica, just like he is in real life. I mean, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't do his job. Nope. So it's not surprising. Next up, we have the Senate Guild Mage. This is the Azorius one. So it's blue, white, two, for, sorry, blue, white for a 2 2 human wizard. White tap, gain two life. Blue tap, draw a card, then discard a card. It's, it's also good. Like, again, the second ability is the one that you care more about. Once in a while, you, you know, you can use the first one, but like, you're losing if you are using the first one. Oh, and yeah. you're also <laughs> not going to win by using the first one. It's not going to pull you back. It's just going to kind of delay the inevitable unless you have a, some other card. Um, but being able to loot for a single blue is really good. Yeah, I think that'll be really good and limited because yes. it's so easy to run into lands in the late game. And if you have a stall, it's like whoever draws better and gets out of it first wins. But yeah. I think that'll be actually pretty good. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Next we have the Azoria split card, which is Warrant and Warden. Warrant is uh, hybrid blue-white, hybrid blue-white instant put target attacking or blocking creature on top of its owner's library that's a really uh oh sorry and warden which is blue white three sorcery create a four four white and blue sphinx creature token with flying and vigilance um mm-hmm. I, I like this split card a lot because i think both side both sides of it are really good and limited being able to tempo something for a turn and maybe counter it on the way down um is really good and being able to just make a four four you know Sarah Angel or Sarah Sphinx, I guess, is really good. Even though it really should be black green, um, it's still a very, very strong card. And the flexibility of having both options is awesome. Yeah, and and the second option is a good rate. Like five mana for a four four flying vigilant Sphinx is yeah. Like I would play that creature, and now it has the flexibility of being like a tempo pseudo removal spell. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like this card a lot. Do you think it it has the legs for constructed? Probably not. I just I just think like we have like seal away at two. Yeah, like you just have, and and this isn't. And you real don't need removal. the creature. I mean, yeah. it's like it's weird because it it it's not like bounce, which is actually like card disadvantage and tempo advantage. This is actually like because it's so cheap, it's like reasonable. It, it kind of is tempo advantage because you're also going to force them to draw that card again instead of something else. But if you actually want to get rid of a threat. This is it's not. coming back, so yeah. that kind of stinks. But and quickly, yeah, like I, there's a chance, like you know, the the Boros split card has seen like a small amount of fringe play in boards, sideboards. It's the, the integrity three intervention, three. yeah. Plus okay. two plus two, and or, or and then the lightning helix. So yeah, I think this card maybe could see some fringe play in standard, but I'm not super high on it. Got it. All right, next we have the Rakdos. Uh, rare split card it's audition audacity mm. so the audition is hybrid red black hybrid red black for an instant target creature gets plus three minus three until end of turn <clears throat> audacity is red black four instant destroy target non-basic land audacity deals two damage to target opponent or planeswalker yeah yeah 
Um, yeah, so I, I think the audition side is interesting because I don't know if Rakdos has creatures that are big enough with trample that you could actually just plus three and trample through sometimes, but I think more often than not, you're using that side as a removal spell. Yeah. I just like that it gives Mono Red a way to kill a Danto Vanguard cleanly because oh, it's hybrid. So good. So yeah. you can just like Mono Red can actually answer Vanguard. And like maybe Mono Red doesn't want to. Like maybe if you're just trying to race, you're not playing a control <laughs> game. I don't know. But, um, you know, if you want a way to answer Vanguard, maybe you're not Mono Red Aggro, maybe you're Big Red. This is a really, really nice tool to have access to because Mono Red previously has nothing. Like there's no way for them to beat Vanguard aside from like playing a creature. I mean, like, yeah. so access to this in mono red uh, is pretty interesting. And um, I can, I can, if uh, mono white continues, you know, if Vanguard and continues to be a strong card and standard, uh, kind of a pillar of the format, then I would expect that if there are mono red decks, this is the tool they're going to go to. Mm. So red as a color doesn't usually get minus three as an ability, right? It's able to do this because of the red-black synergy. Because red usually, it would just deal so three the damage. The design rule is if you're going to do hybrid, hybrid needs to be something that both colors have access to in their color pie. Okay. Black can do the plus plus thing, minus thing, or the, you know, the, the, the mi- or just minus, minus. Yeah. Red... Can do the plus. It can do the plus. It is not typically done minus three. It's but it also so it's a bend. Um, it's a bend in red's color pie because it doesn't actually violate uh, like circumvent a major weakness of red. Which is that it can't deal like a ton of yeah damage. because it's like a lightning strike right. Um, right. But like it's a little weird because it also does right yeah. because like red like we just said cannot beat Adanto vanguard right now it can well, because it, of this card yeah it, i mean it totally didn't occur to me until you said this card can be played in mono red yeah and i was like wait but mono red shouldn't be able to answer vanguard yeah. but so. also like depending on the set uh mm-hmm. colors that don't normally have access to things like minus one minus one counters or minus abilities do get them yeah um this is not a set though that seems to be caring a whole lot about minus effects no um so i mean it's, it's, it's not a, a weird. huge bend but it is a little weird yeah it's 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 a bend and that's it yeah. and for the instant speed land destruction um like it's it's so it's expensive. cool like again it's just you know it's a flexible flexible card get rid of um, those detection towers sure or those What's what's the Ascanta? Yeah, Elizabeth's Canta. You can use it if you're a Jund. You get to blow up a detection tower to protect your Carney T. Oh. Um, it's, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think it's that great. Uh, it is instant speed land destruction. That's pretty cool. That's that's like that something we don't get a lot. But we don't, we don't just we just that's just something we don't typically get. Yeah. And that's why I, I'm just pointing it out. Uh, usually it's sorcery speed, and Wizards has really shied away from land destruction. Yeah. Um, and you know, I would have been more expecting them to print this as a sorcery, but even you know, even as an instant a six man, I don't. It's not going to be good enough. But yeah, that's the Rakdos rare split card. Next we have Immolation Shaman. This is red one for a one three via Shino Shaman. Whenever an opponent activates, oh, is that the snake people? 
Blizzard. Blizzard. Yeah. Okay. Whenever an opponent activates, uh, the snake people are Naga. Naga, yeah. 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 Whenever an opponent activates an ability of an artifact, creature, or land that isn't a mana ability, Immolation Shaman deals one damage to that player. And you can pay red, red, three to give it plus three, plus three, and menace until end of turn. Okay, this is the spiritual successor to that mentor yeah. who is trying Harsh mentor. To- Harsh Mentor, right, yeah. who was used against the Teamer energy decks yeah. because of all the energy activation yeah. abilities. Which, you know, Harness <laughs> Lightning. Okay, now I go off anyways. Yeah. Um, do we do we have a, a plague of activated abilities in Standard right I mean, now? like, it's interesting because this if this creature had more power, I think, like, maybe you could play it in Mono Red because it just does small things. Like... You know, when you activate a Danto Vanguard, instead of taking four, you would take five. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a big that difference. Is a, yeah. Um, you know, to crack oh, that's we don't have fetches. Instead <laughs> 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 of crack a fetch, you take we two. We have the shock lens, but we don't have fetches. Yes, yes. Um what other abilities you activate a lot though? Like I mean as as Kanto when it's flipped, but you're already probably yeah, screwed if you're it's losing flipped. If it's flipped already, yeah. Um, but that is something. Legion's landing would ping you for one. Sure. Um, other th- <clears throat> other things you might want to use. So, does Black Green use any activated abilities? Not really. Not they just really. explore they have a bunch. A lot of explore and they trigger you. Enter. It doesn't hit Planeswalkers. So, I mean, um, people aren't really playing. What's the demon uh, that you can scry or surveil to? Yeah, I guess Doom Whisperer becomes like take three. Take three. It's just like, and it's these small things that make it. I think like if it were had more power, it would be playable in mono red. Yeah. Um, but. It's a card that you should keep in the back of your head because if a deck comes up that uses a lot of abilities that has like a combo deck, then this card is obviously great. So it's I really like having cards like this that are just like kind of nice safety valves in the format. Yeah, if, if something like Adapt gets really popular, this yeah. is pinging all of those. Yeah. And in limited, I'm I'm pretty happy to play this because oh, yeah, it's a fine rate. Um, the ability, like you said, it hits Adapt, which is cool. And then in the late game, you get to just dump mana into it. And it's not unusual in the super late game to have 10 oh, mana. Oh, if you had 10. Right? Oh, that Make would be so seven, good. Make it a 7, whatever. And uh, the only weird, little weird thing is like Rakdos is aggro. So it's a yeah, little weird to have this in a slower deck. But Yeah, like a one power Rakdos card is not... Yeah, you could always play it in Gruul. But even Gruul is more aggressive. And I don't know. Yeah. Next, it's a card that you liked a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is... The Gruul Rare Split card. So it's Thrash and Threat. So the Thrash side is Hybrid Red Green, Hybrid Red Green, Instant. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature or planeswalker you don't control. And Threat is a sorcery. Create a 4-4 red and green beast creature with creature token with trample. All right, so I love the Thrash side. similar design to the Zorius one. Yeah, it is. Well, and I thought, and the rate is similar. Mm -hmm. This is four mana for a four four instead of five mana for a four four, but trample is, I think, a little weaker than flying. In vigilance, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it seems right on on curve for for Gruul. So, um, yeah, I mean, so the four four creature side is fine, right? But the the fact that green slash red has access to instant speed planeswalker destruction. For two mana. For two mana. Like, that never happens. And I really like the way they did it because, you know, this rate for planeswalker destruction is insane. It's so good. But 
you have to have you have to a have a creature. creature and it can be interacted with right where they can kill your creature right they um, can kill the creature or they can yep. counter this spell so they can have a variety of answers yeah so i really i really like this i think this is a really like reasonable fair good answer for red green to have access to yeah because before this it's just been like all right well you know vivian reed ticked up the six do i want to double lightning strike immediately that turn um, or lose, uh, and you know, green just has to be like, well, let me see if I can attack it. Like, it, yeah. this is or this is, depending this is nice. on its second color. If it's yeah. green black, you're depending on if you can do double black for Vraska's contempt. Or, but yeah, this is really cool to have access to. You never have like direct planeswalker damage in green. Yeah, and it's like it's a natural extension of green's ability to fight oh, totally. other creatures. So. Right, and now other planeswalkers. Yeah. <laughs> Next is Benthic Biomancer, blue, for a 1-1 Merfolk Wizard Mutant. It has blue 1, adapt 1. Whenever one or more plus plus 1 counters are put on Benthic Biomancer, draw a card, then discard a card. I think this card is at its best if you have more ways to put counters on it. Yeah. Like, a total of 3 mana for a 2-2 that loots once is not a very good rate. Yeah. Um, but if you're putting more counters on it and you're looting a couple times. But I mean it's it's a cool card. I just I just don't actually think it's that great. Yeah. It's a pretty underwhelming rare, I think. Like you cuz you re- like you said you really want to try to get those counters off. I guess it, it combos really well with things like Simic Guild Mage. Uh not Simic oh, Guild Combine Guild Mage cuz it moves counters. counters. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean, Combine Guild Mage is just nuts with any of the, like, the adapt stuff that cares about having counters. But, uh, yeah, I'm just not blown away by this one. And then, you know, it's, it gets, you know, you play it on turn one, even if you're on the, uh, like, if you play, if you're on the draw and you play it on turn one, and then turn two, they play a bear, like, this can't even <laughs> cheat its rate and, like, attack. It just becomes a 2-2. Yeah. And it tri- so, I don't know. You know, what Plus, else? you might actually have a two-drop to play, like. Yeah. Yeah. Next is Awaken the Erstwhile. This is Black Black 3 for a sorcery. Each player discards all the cards in their hand and creates that many 2-2 black zombie creature tokens. I don't know how to evaluate this card. Mm. This is really weird. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, like, I think I tend to go to cards like Life from the Loam, where you just What's go... So, like, in Dredge, right, you play Life to the, Life to the Loam and Conflagrate. Where Life of the Loam uh, is green one, and it puts up to three lands in your graveyard into your hand, and then you can dredge it back. And Conflagrate wants you to discard cards from your hand to deal damage. Okay. So you get to just go, like, you know, Life from the Loam, dredge it back, Life from the fill up your hand, <laughs> and then go Conflagrate for a million on the turn you want to go off. Mm. And, you know, so this is something where, like, if you can fill up your hand, you could pay five mana for a lot of zombies, but you just need to be doing a lot better of a job than your than opponent. Than your opponent. Yeah. Yeah, that's the part that I think is so weird. I'm not sure exactly how you're filling your hand. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you have to be doing something special because otherwise, you know, let's say pretend every card that you've played and your opponent has played is a land and a creature, right? So whoever has more cards left in hand, it means they've played fewer creatures so that when you both discard you ultimately have the same total number of creatures, but one of yours might be a zombie and one of theirs might be something they cast. Yeah. Like, it, the rate... Yeah, does, I don't know what you do. And it's weird, too, because it incentivizes you to, like, in the late game, hold all of your lands, uh, whereas typically, you know, you don't really want to hold 
too many in your hand because if you draw something big, you want to be able to play it. Or if you have an X spell, you want to be able to play it. Right. So, yeah, it's a weird card. It seems like a fun build around, but it's not, it doesn't seem to be like viable competitively. I, I guess the other thing is, I would expect this more in a set where we had some more graveyard. Maybe this is for like a Golgari deck. Like, because if you are discarding and you're not only getting the zombies, but you're also getting value out of your graveyard. Mm-hmm then maybe that's where this is a happier Yeah, I mean, this card. fuels undergrowth incredibly well. Um, and, like, you're fueling undergrowth for value, right? So if you go, like, five mana and you discard Molder Hulk, you're, like, you just get it back. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it is a Golgari card. The flavor text is Golgari. The erstwhile is a Golgari thing. So in the last set, we saw some of the guild cards from Ravnica Legions slipping into um, mm-hmm. guilds. And same thing in here is we're getting some guilds cards in Ravnica, which is nice to remind us that there are 10 guilds and it kind of flushes out the the world and reminds you that the other five guilds exist. <laughs> um, but yeah, it doesn't, okay. I don't think it's super great, but yeah. it's a fun card. All right. It's making more sense with Golgari now. Yeah. I really wasn't thinking about that. I just, I really want it in like a set with like Amonkhet where you're like bringing stuff back directly from the graveyard. Because even the Golgari Undergrowth deck doesn't play a lot directly from the graveyard. Yeah. Or something with, uh, like, if you had a Madness, if you had Madness in the set. I mean, oh it's expensive, gosh. but it would be, like, a fun yeah. fun build around. Next, we have Azorius Skyguard. This is blue-white 4 for a 3-3 Human Knight with Flying and First Strike. Creatures your opponent's control get minus 1, minus 0. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah? For limited. I, yeah, I think it's great. Oh, for limited? Yeah. Like, 6 mana, 3-3 with Flying and First Strike is <laughs> decent. And then you tack on that minus 1, minus 0, and, like, now you're pretty in a pretty good spot if you want to go for combat. Like, it just makes it hard for your opponents to trade up with their creatures. Minus one, minus zero is a lot, especially if your opponent's on the go-wide thing. It completely shuts off afterlife outside of, like, chump blockers. Oh, yeah. It's it's just pretty a pretty strong thing. And if you start comboing with, uh, like... Um, so we're, I'm just going to jump to some other Azorius cards. If you combo it with things like... Gale Drake, which is blue four for a three three Drake with flying, other flying creatures you control get plus one plus zero, oh, and you man. combo it with Spirit of the Spires, which is white three for a two four Spirit with flying, other creatures you control with flying get plus zero plus one. Oh like gosh. the more of these kind of, even if they're very narrow, right? They only do one thing, and they're not just saying plus one plus one everything. Like if you combo these other anthem effects, it just your opponent can't beat you in combat anymore. Yeah. Uh, totally and, like, true. these are all an uncommon, but it's, I mean, people will open these, right, together in their sealed pool, and we'll try to draft them. And if you're able to put these together, I think you're in a pretty strong position. And Azorius does want to be playing to the board in this set, so, yeah. you know, good card. Well, these are also really interesting with the Orzhov mechanic, that mm-hmm. particularly the Chapel Spirit or whatever, and the Drake, because... Pumping all your flyers. Afterlife. Just afterlife, yeah, too. Yeah, it means you're pumping all your afterlife yeah. things. And it looks like Azorius is kind of a, like, a support. Like, you For can take a lot of, you, I mean, you can take, like, a lot of these cards and throw them into Simic or throw them into mm. um, Orzov, and they fit right in. Like, yeah. I think Esper looks pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, Azorius seems to be a little bit weaker and seems to not have as coherent a game plan as the other guilds, and... You know, whatever. That's the price they pay for having Tefiri. And Dovenbon. Like, oh. how do you have someone as OP as Dovenbon as your <laughs> guild leader, you know? I know, I know. Yeah. 
Okay, so next, yeah, so I, I like that whole uncommon cycle of flyer, expensive flyers that anthem your board. Um, or de-anthem your or opponent's de-anthem board. Or de-anthem your board, yeah. And the Orzov got one too, which we'll get to uh, later, I believe. Unless we already, was that another day? No, no we'll get later. Yeah. Okay. Actually, Why don't we just we talk about just look it at it now. Yeah, so the Orzov has an enchantment. It's a white-black four enchantment. Creatures you control get plus and plus one. Creatures your opponents control get minus one, minus one. Oh, man. White, black, two. Exile target creature from an opponent's graveyard. If it was a creature card, you create a 1-1 spirit. Uh, white and black spirit creature token with flying. I mean, this like the card, This card is really, really strong. Yeah, now that's an anthem. It really, yeah. I mean, it's a miniature Elish Norn. Um, this effect is so good. In limited, if you play this, unless you are way behind, you should probably win the game. Uh, or unless your opponent's able to remove it. Like, the minus one, minus one is going to kill anything oh, with one toughness. Tokens. Um, and it also shuts off afterlife, because if your opponent has an X1, it dies, creates a spirit, that spirit then dies. Like, the minus one, minus one is permanent. Um, and it makes it so that there's just no way your opponent can fight you in combat. It's just, it's a really, really good card, and it would have been good with just those two lines, but then they go ahead and say, yeah, also you can generate spirits with all the things you just killed. Yeah. You can now exile them. Also, if you want to exile creatures in the graveyard, like, now you can do that. Yeah, like, and it's, it's a just pretty cheap rate, too, mm-hmm. four mana to, I Make mean, a it's a... Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a 2-2 two, two because of the plus. Yeah. So, and you have at least six mana, so two turns later, you're making two spirits a turn. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, this card, six mana is not that expensive. Like, this will come down earlier than you think yeah. it will. Um, and I don't think, so, I don't think it would be unreasonable to expect this card to show up a little bit in standard. Um, it's a little weird because it depends kind of on how the format shapes up. So we have right now at six mana the Immortal Sun which yeah. does a lot of other stuff in addition to pumping your board, right? But Celestia Tokens mainly wants it as a pump. And it also, mm. but like the the other thing it does is it shuts off Golgari's Planeswalkers. Oh, um, yeah, that's Which is a huge key. piece. But this, if the format goes in a different direction and becomes a little more creature-based, this can be better than the Immortal Sun um, because of the ability to just wipe your opponent's board if Tokens becomes a, a more powerful strategy in Black White or Obzon. So it's a card to keep in mind. I, I don't think it's going to be super played in standard, but it's something that I, I think if the meta goes in the right place, it could show up from time to time. Very cool. Yeah. Next, we have Arrester's Admonition. This is blue two instant. Return target creature to its owner's hand. Addendum. If you cast a spell during your main phase, draw a card. I like it. I like the flexibility. Uh... I, I I hate bounce spells. Mm. I'm notorious for hating bounce spells. Like, even when they're good, I hate bounce spells. <laughs> I get that bounce is, like, tempo, and, like, that's cool. I just don't like card disadvantage. So, like, being able to draw a card makes me really happy. Yeah, but, but then I'm restricted to, to main phase. Turn. Yeah, but I don't mind. I, I honestly, My like... My favorite time to bounce is, like, in the middle of their turn when they can no longer recast it. Yeah, but here's the thing, is if you want to cast this at instant speed... So, like... Okay, if you want to cast this in speed, you wait till your opponent's end step because, or like their combat, because it's always just best to conceal information to the latest possible moment. Sure. However, if, like, there's not really going to be a huge difference between casting this on your turn and casting on theirs if the only difference is like, oh, they find out about the card, right? Like, it's still not going to be able to attack next turn, etc. However, if you can cast this um, to get a two for one, 
where you're going like, oh, mid-combat, I'm going to bounce a blocker, mm. which is something else you can use uh, bounce for. Then you lose the ability to get the card, but it doesn't matter because you're already not losing card advantage. Like, you're already trading one for one. Okay. So I like the card. I like the flexibility. Um, I, I think it's nice. All right. Next is another uh, hybrid split card for Orzov, the rare one. We have Revival Revenge. Revival is hybrid white-black, hybrid white-black, sorcery. Return with target creature card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. And Revenge is white-black for sorcery. Double your life total. Target opponent loses half their life. Round it up. I... So I always like these sort of revival spells that bring a creature directly to the battlefield. Mm. Um, I know this has the restriction of being three or less, so at best, it's one above curve, right? You pay two mana for a three drop. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that seems like it could be quite powerful. Um, seems like it could be good with um, Judith. You get to, you know, in your, your if you're in a, like a Mardu a tokens things. deck... You get to sack stuff, and if Judith dies, bring her back. Yeah. Um, but, like, I just, I'm a little skeptical. I think there's probably better things you could be doing in that deck. Yeah. And then the revenge side, so double your life and have their life rounded up. Yeah. Okay, I like the rounded up clause because if they're at one, they and You die. get to pay six mana to deal one, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's fun. I think it's, like, a cool card. Oh, it's uh, super cool. I don't think it's particularly good but you know okay i have a question yep. cards that care about if you gain life this turn mm -hmm. would this count it would okay yes um gaining life checks like your life total at the beginning versus the end if it's greater you've gained life this turn what if you gain and lose life uh it i believe oh i think it looks at the net effect but i'm not interesting I'm anyways not sure. yeah i don't know just a curiosity because it's different it depends how it's worded because it's like if it's whenever you gain life something triggers that's one thing but if it's like at the beginning of your end step if you gained life this turn then uh, i'm pretty sure it just compares it mm. beginning and ending so cool uh so next is a standard playable card we have angel of grace it's white white three for a five four angel with flash and flying and i'm getting flashbacks to avicen <laughs> Uh, this is when Angel of Grace enters the battlefield until end of turn, damage that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead, and you can pay white, white, four, exile Angel of Grace from your graveyard, your life total becomes ten. It's like a temporary worship. Yeah, it's a quick worship. Uh, and this card feels swingy. It feels like a really good top end in decks that are trying to race, where you get to go, like, you know, your opponent makes the big attack, you flash it in, and then you kill them. Right, um, you don't even have to block. You're yeah. just like, sure. It's uh, certainly not as good against red decks or decks that are playing Reach because then they can just untap and deal one, right? Like, shock Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously very strong, and we can't ignore the fact that it is a 5-4 flyer with flash. Um, I don't think this card is as good as Avacyn. Avacyn was also really, really, really good. Yes. Um, but... It's certainly, I think it's it's a playable card. I think it might be like a little overhyped right now. Um, Five mana is a lot. Well, like for me, I'm trying to like, the card is good in particular situations. Mm. In situations where like it's at parity, I, I don't know why I want a five mana five four with flying. 
That's just like, I wouldn't pay for that and construct it. So I think you have to be playing this. It might even be more of a sideboard card. It might be a card that you bring in against decks that are trying to race if you are also trying to race. Because this, this thing races so well because it deals a large amount of damage and it prevents a large amount of damage on that that key turn. Um, so it's just that like I don't I don't know where it goes the rest of the time. Yeah, I mean you're right because it's like if if your opponent is not swinging out at you and you have five mana. You're almost, you're obligated to play this. You can't right, you can't just mana. do nothing. It's like the spell caller, right? You leave three mana yeah. up, they don't cast a spell, gotta cast a spell caller. Yeah. yeah. Not so, always, but often. Yeah. And then, yeah, you just have a five mana, five, four flying. Mm-hmm. And sure, like, when it dies, you get to gain life if you have time. If you want to take a turn off yeah, to turn your, because six mana is a lot, you're taking a turn off to make, you know, gain some life, seven life. Yeah, maybe it's a sideboard thing. But I, I don't know exactly what against. Yeah, it feels to me like either a sideboard card or when if the meta is in the right direction, like as a top end for a white aggro deck. Yeah. Um, and like, to, like think too, like you know, in angels, right? The angels deck that I don't actually think is very good, but you already have Shalai, which gives you hexproof. You have Lyra, which gives your stuff a lifelink. Is this better than Lyra? I mean, it has Flash, but, like, you get to play Lyra, swing with Shalai, and then gain a bunch anyways. So it's competing with some very powerful cards. Um, yeah, and I, I've talked about why I think it it's a little awkward if you don't need it for its ability at the time. Yeah. Next up, we have Fireblade Artist. This is red-black for a 2-2 human shaman, has haste, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you may sacrifice a creature. If you do... Fireblade Artist deals two damage to target opponent or planeswalker. Cool card. Very cool. This uh, wants to be friends with Judith, but only sometimes friends because <laughs> it only triggers once a yes, turn yes. in the upkeep. So it has to survive a full turn and then only does one. Trigger Spectacle. Triggers. Oh, yeah. It Very has tri- haste. Has haste. It has like a lot of small things going for it that I think in limited make it like a pretty good pick. I'm pretty happy to pick this card, I think, in... It just seems like it goes in a lot of places. Like, I'd be happy yeah. to play it in a lot of places. It doesn't, I don't think, excel in any of them, but it's a good role player in a lot of them. And if you have a deck that's trying to do a couple of the things this card does, more power to you. The card's going to be really good. Yeah, and I kind of like that it hits Planeswalker or opponent. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Next, we have Font of Agonies. This is black for an enchantment. Whenever you pay life, put that many blood counters on Font of Agonies. You can pay black one, remove four blood counters from Font of Agonies, destroy target creature. What do we have that you pay life for? Like the demon. You have a Danto Vanguard. You have Doom Whisperer. Doom. Uh, I think you're the big two. Uh, Argol's Bloodfast is oh, another yeah. one. Um, huh. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think we should ever discount cards that just kill stuff and by accumulating counters. Yeah, for like only two mana. I mean, we were. <laughs> very low i particularly was very low on firemind's research and when it was spoiled i thought the card was garbage i still think it's kind of bad but it turns out we had a spells deck that actually manifested and that firemind's research saw no, sideboard play is an old mechanic i right? know very funny <laughs> uh saw sideboard play in that deck uh because of the ability to like in long games it just accumulated a ton of advantage and this can do the same thing so like yeah the card doesn't seem great but it does something really powerful, and it could see standard play because of that. Yeah. 
trying to think if there are any other easy pay life. I don't know. Are there I think... any like card draw? Like, uh, you know, sort of like the bones reading the old card. Read the bones. Yeah. Do we have anything like that? Not that I can think of. I mean, it, it feels almost like a, a piece in the M19 life gain deck. The white black deck where you're like gaining life and then you pay life and you gain oh, because yeah. that way you can just kind of keep doing it as a resource and just use it as a repeatable cast down better cast down so interesting yeah anyways very cool card mm-hmm. i mean interesting design creepy art mm-hmm. like spot on is it it's really you know sub mckinnon has spoiled us because like i look at fawn of agonies and i'm like it's cool but it would have looked better if mckinnon did it <laughs> his art has been really amazing yeah. this set so next we have Scrabbling Claws. This is a reprint. Yeah, it's a one-mana artifact. Tap it, target player exiles a card from the graveyard, and pay one and sacrifice it, exile target card from the graveyard, draw a card. So it's very close to Relic of Progenitus, but a little bit weaker because it only exiles a specific card. Um, yeah. But this is like, this is actually decent graveyard hate. Decent graveyard hate, uh, which is cool to have access to in standard. Um, you would never use a sideboard slot for this. This seems so not worthwhile. What would if there's like a really strong graveyard deck? What are you running over this? Well, like okay, the, the graveyard decks I can think of right now, mm-hmm. is it and Golgari. Mm-hmm. This seems. Well, I think is it's more much more of a graveyard deck. Yeah, but it's hard because it doesn't well, shock no, I mean, crackling tree. I mean the Golgari version that's worse. The one that's oh the undergrowth. undergrowth yeah, sure, and, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, like. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you're right. It doesn't shut off Crackling Drake, so that's a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if they're playing Crackling and Enigma, or like, you can only exile one Phoenix. People aren't even playing that anymore. Like, and and if it's the Undergrowth deck, have you played with a lot of Relic Progenitus in Modern? No. Like, I think you're underestimating this card. Okay. I like in Standard, the best graveyard hate we have. Yeah. The two cards I can think of are like Death Gorge Scavenger and uh, the single black mana creature that you pay to exile oh, two yeah. things and explore. Uh, Dread, uh, Dead Eye, Dead Eye, yeah, not yeah. And the downside of both, like people aren't even running those, and like if they do, they're unhappy about it because ne- both of those things exile a card and then they die. Mm. Um, artifacts are just because they're much harder to hit, and Scrabbling Claws is so incredibly cheap that you're able to play this on turn one and then you can just shut off your opponent's graveyard largely or if they're using it as a resource you really really constrain their ability to use that resource and then eventually either if you're like all right i need a card i can cash this in for a card you get to do that or if you actually are like oh i need to exile that card then you're fine but if yeah if you if you play this early it's just going to, their whole graveyard will be gone, largely. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, Blue Red Phoenix will be able to fill it up a little bit faster, but it's still going to really limit their ability to um, jumpstart stuff and uh, get Phoenixes back if they're on Phoenix. And it's just a, it's just a good card, I think. Interesting. It's uh, seen it's seen fringe modern play in the uh, Eldrazi Processors deck. Uh, <laughs> at the very... Because uh, it is just worse than Relic of Progenitus, but people are looking for more Relic effects, and this was the next card. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So we have Sharkdo Crab, which is blue-green 2. For a 4-4 Fish Octopus Crab, you can pay blue-green 2, and it will adapt 1. 
Whenever one or more plus plus one counters are put on Shark to Crab, tap target creature and opponent controls. That creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. Okay, well, it's a good thing that it has a big effect because four mana to adapt one is yeah. a sad rate. But you know, like, all I can keep thinking, though, is, like, with these cards that care about having counters placed on them and then doing something, Combine Guild Mage just keeps looking better and better and better. Like, now I have this on the battlefield, and, like, ooh, now I get to tap something every turn, like, it not untap, while also building up a big monster yep. um and the raid is great it's a four mana four four yeah that's fantastic a four mana four four the next turn can become a f- attack as a five five tap something down it's a really good card um and if there's any other pulse plus one counter stuff like in azorius right because that's white uh like the the rare indestructible addendum put counters on stuff vigilance indestructible it's a lot of turn instant Sure. Yeah, that one. That discounters too. So, like, there is some synergy there. Uh, and, you know, Bant is a, one of the shards you can play here. So, I like the card a lot. At what point does Simic become standard playable and we play Hedonis Climb? Well, I think the th- like, I, I think you don't play cards like this because they're bad. Yeah. No matter how fun, like, how cool it would be. What's going to end up happening is... There's a card later we'll talk about that actually makes Hadana's Climb probably worth it. Because Hadana's Climb is also not a very good card. But if you have enough cards that are actually really strong with Hadana's Climb, then it becomes worth it. And maybe then we can start looking at a deck. Um, but largely, like I'm not going to be playing Adapt in Standard because it's slow, unwieldy, mana-intensive, and underwhelming. I just don't care very much about tapping down a creature for four mana. For two turns. Yeah. Not not about that life. Alright, so next we have Mirror March. This is Red 5 Enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, flip a coin until you lose a flip. For each flip you won, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Those tokens gain haste. Exile them at the end the beginning of the next end step. Fun. We always get these big goofy red enchantments, you know, one per set. Fun. Uh, it's a cool card with ETBs, right? But yeah. the randomness means that it's random. Uh, once in a while, these you know wacky red enchantments break through into standard experimental frenzy, being the prime example. Oh. But that card is insanely powerful. So uh, Mirror March is six mana, doesn't do anything when it comes down, and yeah. Somehow it didn't occur to me that it's six mana. <laughs> Yep, I mean, I, it's like one of the major things stopping Sunbird's Invocation, right? The wacky red enchantment from Ixalan. Like, we always have, like, you know, it's a very, these cards are like very powerful effects, but it's just not... It's too expensive and not dependable enough. Yeah, exactly. They're, they, they're too the unreliable. Too yes. unreliable. Well, that's what makes it red. Yep. That's what makes it Classic fun. Classic red. Next, we have Harmony Square. This is a land. When it enters the battlefield, if you control two or more gates, you gain three life. Tap it for colorless, and you can tap it and add one mana of any color that a gate you control can produce. So, I like this card a ton. Um, I liked the drafting gates back in uh, guilds, uh, and you know I have a soft spot for gates because of Maze's End, of course. But also, like the idea of casting Scapeshift in Standard and getting two guild gates and four Harmony Square is just really appealing to me because then I have. Four, if I get two different gates that are 
you know, non-overlapping, non-overlapping colors. colors. I can produce four colors of mana, and I gain twelve life. That's yeah. I don't know. That seems like a decent rate to me. Um, I'm sure someone will try to do that. I don't think it's great, but what we we really need a if we want this card to like, we just need to cheat gates in. If we can cheat gates in, then things get all we have right now is like circuitous route and, and scape shift. But if there's something that comes out that makes gates playable, I just want gates to be playable <laughs> so badly, so badly. And this next card too, Gates Blaze, red two sorcery deals X damage to each creature where X is the number of gates you control. It's so good. If you control a lot if of you gates, you just have to play gates, right? <laughs> and it's like oh, you just gotta, mmm, mmm, mmm. It's hard. It's also you know? killing your creatures. It's not one-sided. No, who cares? It's a power. It's a board wipe. It's a three-mana board wipe okay, in red if you're on enough gates. Like that's incredible. So I hope maybe in the last set there'll be a big, as the guilds come together to defeat Bolas or something. Like maybe we'll get a really cool, uh, gates card that enables it. We just need them to come in untapped. That's it. That's it. Um. So next card we have is being roughly translated as guild packed window which is two mana artifact multicolored creatures you control get plus one plus one huh. it's really competitive for a an anthem effect that is a very not narrow anthem effect yes yes uh i don't know i'm I'm just thinking about the standard decks right now there aren't that many multi no i mean it's a build around like you don't play this yeah. in a just a, any yeah. old standard deck. but you're right a two mana anthem is really really yeah. cheap so. and i think it's interesting because you know we got two other cards today which i'm going to jump to now which also care about multicolored cards so we have hero of precinct one which is white one for a two two really think you know they should have made this a multicolored card because yeah, I was going to say, it's not multi What are you doing? Uh, and whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a 1-1 human creature token. Cool. Uh, Tome of the Guild Pact. Five mana, artifact. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, draw a card. Tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So, so it's kind of like it costs four mana. Yeah, ish, ish. Uh, but are you really going to use that mana that turn? Probably not, probably not. Um, so yeah, like I, I think... I, I just, I really like Synergy decks, you know, <laughs> Constellation, let me tell you. Yes, we heard. Great deck. And this is the kind of thing that I, I like. I like payoffs for doing something specific in my deck. And these are all kind of, it's just not enough to kind of disjoint. None of them are actually multicolored. Well, that's the they funny thing. They don't synergize thing. themselves. Why are none of them multicolored? Yeah, like honestly, one of the things that made Constellation so playable was that all the Constellation creatures triggered on themselves. Yeah. If they didn't, that deck would have been a lot weaker. So. Why aren't they on multicolored things? I, They're on an artifact and a monocolored creature. Yeah. So I, I really don't think it would have pushed the card too much either. I think it would have been fine, but whatever. Next, we have Skewer the Critics. Red, green. Wow. Wow. That's so not true. Don't listen to me. It's red, too. It it's is red, red too. Yeah. It's a sorcery uh, spectacle for just a single red mana. Skewer the Critics deals three damage to any target. Oh, bolt. my gosh. It's a lightning bolt. And this one. So, like. Oh, my gosh. We're getting to the point Dude, now. Dude, this looks like it goes in mono red. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, we have wow. Wizards Lightning. Yeah, I mean, the deck can cast two spells in a turn. 
That's all you gotta do. Like you have yeah. burn spells. So you go or shock, skewer. Uh-huh. Oh all God. his creatures turn to fanatical firebrand. Um I so unlike Drillbit, which I think is really bad. Which one's Drillbit? That's the like thought sees. Yeah. It's the, it's the same thing. It's black two, sorcery for look at their hand, take a card, and spectacle for black. Right. I think so that card's pretty terrible. pretty not pretty bad. Probably won't see a ton of play. I think duress is better and in standard. Uh I think this card, on the other hand, is actually quite playable in standard. Uh, oh only gosh. in very burny decks. Yeah. Like in mono-red or in um, red-black burn. Hmm. Like that, uh, sword you know, point sword point diplomacy risk yeah. factor deck. Uh, because the the Ooh, payoff right. is so powerful. Any target. And it's so easy. Because oh in that gosh. deck, all you're doing is triggering spectacle every single turn. Yeah. If you're not doing damage, you're losing anyways, so... And, like, you can get the awkward scenario where you have multiples of these in hand, but honestly, if you have two, it's not bad, because you pay four mana and you deal six. Yeah. So, like, it, I like the card a lot. Oh, man, that's going to be a pain. Yeah. At least it's cool art, because, you know, if you're going to see it a lot, it better look cool. Yeah. It really does, though, also encourage you, because you don't super want to, like, top deck this, it really does encourage you to go heavier into the burn, and, like, just, or become mm -hmm. even faster, right? Because you don't want to have to, like on your opponent's turn hit a creature right because like sometimes you'll well, be like this is a sorcery so it's not even doing that oh yeah never mind sorcery it's like speed. so it's, i'm sorry so this isn't a, isn't a lightning bolt it's a lava spike okay that's yeah. very very different um yeah well it's not a lava spike because it hits creatures okay so it's a okay creature okay. planeswalker opponent yeah. so it's yeah it's a but yeah sorcery. okay so it's definitely not as good as as bolt because it's a sorcery but uh, that it's does still... mean you want to be playing more, I think, Bernie stuff and more aggro. All the same stuff I said. Yeah, still a very. I think it'll. It's a quite quite the good card for those decks. Next is Orzhov Imposter. This is black one for a one two death touch with afterlife one. All right. I always kind of think it's funny when they they make death touch creatures have like slightly more toughness. Like the the Gorgon from the last set, that was the a two, two two, and I'm like, yeah. But it's essentially a one one. Like it, it just it it never swings. Like. I liked the Ocarina Assassin when you were able to pump it. Oh, the one one Death yeah. Touch and everything has to block it. That's sweet. Um, I love. I I've always been a fan of the really cheap Death Touch creatures. Oh yeah. Uh, I really like them. I like that this doesn't trade with one ones. That's cool. Yeah, I do. I do like that. Um, and the afterlife is just a nice oh, yeah. add-on. I think I'd probably play it without that. I mean, that's. I think that's why it's uncommon too. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. black one for a one two or one one Death Touch is like a card they printed before and has been played in limited, and now you're making a spirit out of it. So sweet. Huzzah! Upside. I love upside on my my already good creatures. Oh, I want to do this card. Next card we have is Dovin's Acuity. This is white blue one enchantment, and it's you call it information campaign, as uh, opposed to disinformation. That's campaign. right. Just when it enters the battlefield, you gain two life and draw a card. Whenever you cast an instant spell during your main phase, you may return Dovin's Acuity to its owner's hand. What do you think? I think. Uh disinformation campaign is better okay yes but also disinformation campaign in my opinion was a really bad design that card felt terrible to play against it did it embodied it so the worst elements of control of the 
let's make the game last forever after I've already won and just sit here while you can do absolutely nothing. That was horrible. In Limited, it was miserable. Dovin's Acuity is much, much better. It doesn't do anything to your opponent. Yeah, it makes it harder for them to hurt you. Like, two life isn't that much, though. Um, and yeah, like, it's pretty easy to trigger, especially if you're in Azorius and, like, you get benefits for cats and stuff in your main phase anyways. But it's just, you still have to do a little bit of work to do it. Instants are not as good as, like, we had a lot of creatures that surveilled, right? Um, so I, I like this card. I think it's a good design. I think it'll see play. Um, and in, in, in uh, Limited... And I just like it. And I really like the flavor text. What's that? Dovin takes the Planeswalkers off on his fingers, because he has six fingers. Himself, <laughs> Domri, Kaya, Ral, Varaska, and Bolas made an even six. And this is uh, a, I think, callback to Mechanized Production, which said, give me eight walkers, and I'll give you the city. And at the time, we thought it was like Gear Hulks and Kaladesh, but it might actually have been talking Planeswalkers. about Planeswalkers and Ravnica, the city. So, yeah. yeah. I also have another... Um, insight that yeah. I made based on how you We've got some red it, eyes here too. Right? It's yeah. Dovin's Acuity, but it sounded when you said it like Dovin is a cutie. Dovin is a cutie. What a cutie. I mean, you can be a, you know, a tyrant and a cutie at the same time. Why no not? Big. You can Why have not? it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next up is uh, being translated as Cinderlash. This is red green enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, Cinderlash deals one damage to that player. You can pay one, sacrifice it, and destroy target artifact or enchantment. Cinderlash deals two damage to that permanent's controller. Yeah, this card is a cool hate card against decks like Nexus. But, <laughs> but I mean, so like, because, you know, the first clause is good because it stops Nexus. Second clause can blow up like a wilderness reclamation or a gift of paradise or whatever. Or Search an excellent finding. Excellent. I mean, they don't really in the main. I don't think. Or a seal away. Again, not in the main. Okay, well. We're talking about nexus. Talking about nexus. So it blows uh, up. Search for his canta, gift of paradise, or wilderness reclamation. Probably reclamation because it's the best one. But also, it's a testament, I think, to how resilient the deck's going to be. That like, all you have to do is you play to fury, and when you're ready to go off, you tuck this, like to fury. It's just so good. It just answers everything. So, like, yeah, sure, it's annoying, but you can answer it. It's like one of those hate cards, like, you know, uh, like, rested. Not even, that's too good. Like, I'm thinking, like, Damping Sphere against Storm, right? Where, like, you play against it. Against Storm? Sure. You mean Tron? Either one. Oh. I mean, Damping Sphere also is, it taxes spells, right? Oh. So every spell you cast costs one more to cast. For oh, each spell you cast before it. I didn't realize it yeah, it's that. joint Tron and Storm Hate. Of course. But here's the thing, is it's bad really bad at both. <laughs> because if you play it, it's like, okay, well, I'll just wait until I have to go off, then end of your turn, I'll if you're storm, I'll wipe away, bounce it. Or Tron, I'll nature's claim it, or I'll just cast my spells normally. Like, all it does is it kind of buys you a little bit of time. Right. And I think Cinderlash is really similar in that regard, where it's basically gonna buy you a couple of turns to try to get your act together and beat the nexus deck and if you don't then they're gonna beat you anyways so it's definitely not powerful enough to like shut down nexus um and it's not Nothing a card is. um it's not a card i don't think you would run in the main unless there's a ton of artifacts and or enchantments then maybe you do it especially if those decks happen to also be running a lot of non-creatures uh i mean we are seeing a lot of enchantments in the set like 
it seems to me like the enchantment counter is higher. I could be wrong. Yeah, but. and and we've seen some reasonably yeah. good ones. And at least the rate's competitive. Two mana yeah. and one mana for the sack. And, you know. Sack at instant speed when they're going to destroy it anyway. Yeah. Next we have Clan Guild Mage. It's green-red for a 2-2 human shaman. You can pay red 1, tap, target creature can't block this turn. Or green 2, tap, target land you control becomes a 4-4 elemental creature with haste until end of turn. It's still a land. Uh, I think this guild mage is pretty good. Yeah. I think the second ability is really strong when you're trying to close. And I think the first ability is good earlier when you're just trying to like put your opponent on the defensive and make it so that they can't attack you. Because if they attack you, they're down a blocker, and then they're down another blocker. Right. So it makes it so that your opponent really can't go on the offensive against you, and it, it which is the position you want to be in. And then when you're ready, you just start making a 4-4. Only until end of turn. But yes, yeah. yes. I, 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 Every that's turn. enough, yeah. Um, so I, I think Clan Guild Mage is pretty strong. I, I like the card a lot for, for Gruul and what Gruul's trying to do. Yeah, I do too. Next up is a mono red card it's scorch mark scorch mark is red one instant it deals two damage to target creature if that creature would die this turn exile it instead so it's a two mana magma spray which we have in standard wait do we have max spray in standard no. no we don't we don't we don't but it's a two mana lava coil that only deals two damage but is at instant speed instead yeah i, th- I think it's a two mana magma spray because Whatever. i yeah that's the i think more apt comparison yeah I would not play this card in anywhere. Anywhere. In, it can I mean, kill in, guild mages. Yeah, I mean, in in limited, yeah. like even it's so awkward. Limited. It seems bad against Simic, bad against Gruul. It's maybe okay against Azorius. It's good against Orzhov if they have a bunch of afterlife. Really? Oh, it oh, because it exiles, yeah. so they don't get the afterlife trigger. So okay, yeah, it's not yeah. very good. It's not a very good removal spell. It is a common, though, so, like, it's If you have nice. it in your sideboard, remember that it keeps afterlife from triggering, yeah. triggering and triggling. about... Yes, triggling. I always triggle my afterlife <laughs> tokens. When I... Next time, when we play the pre-release, and my afterlife dies, I'm gonna be like, all right, so he's dead. And from his corpse, out triggles a little spirit. <laughs> little one-one spirit. I'm feeling triggled. I'm feeling very triggled. Next, we have Lumbering Battlement. I think this card is another really cool design. Okay. White four for a four five beast with vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, exile any number of other non-token creatures you control until it leaves the battlefield. Lumbering Battlement gets plus two plus two for each card exiled with it. Oh, cool! And look at all the people They're on all top on it. of it. <laughs> it's almost honestly, it's another. I I don't remember from the article, but I think this might have been another take on vehicles. Oh. It was like when Wizards was trying to... Because they've been wanting to do vehicles forever. So they came up with a bunch of different designs and a bunch of them didn't work. I think this was one of the designs they had. Where you this exile the creature sense. that rides it or crews it. And then when the creature, the vehicle dies, you get the creature back. That, like, flavorfully, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I mean, sense. that's what's depicted literally in the art as yeah. well. So This is so nifty. It is. It's a really cool card. Yeah. And it's really nice for, like, your early threats that are later completely no irrelevant. Useful. Yeah. And I love that it has vigilance. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a, a large. And honestly, body. like, it's just really pushed and limited. Like, this is five mana. If you exile one creature, it's a six seven. Yeah. So I'm playing five mana for a six seven that both attacks and blocks because it's vigilance. Yeah. Uh, so I really like it. If you can find a way to give it trample or flying or if any kind of evasion, oh my gosh. I think that's really where, where you want to be. And 
You can also put your opponent in an awkward situation if you exile things with ETBs, uh, where then they're like, oh, I have to kill this, uh, but then you get the ETBs, like, uh, it's kind of awkward. So, yeah, I really like this card. I think it's uh, pretty strong for a limited. It's just a really good vanilla card that has a lot of upside to it. Not quite vanilla, French vanilla card. French vanilla, because that's got the Vigilance. So. Mm -hmm. All right, next. Oh, next, okay. So, Katie. We're getting to some of the more pushed constructed cards here. Okay, okay, this isn't a pushed card. Priest? Precinct? Oh, oh. We already talked about Hero Precinct one. Oh, right, right, yeah. the multicolored. Okay, yeah, Priest. Okay, go on. Priest, uh, well, I guess we didn't really talk a ton about Hero. We just said there's other cards that care about it. So Hero Precinct one is the one that, uh, it's the two mana, two, two, white one for two, two human warrior. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a one, one white creature, uh, human creature token. Um... You know, but it's not multicolored. It's not multicolored. Why isn't it multicolored? Like in limited, this goes in the like the gates deck, right? Where you want to draft uh, all the gates and all the gold cards that are the strongest, because then like you're already playing all the strongest cards, and then this card just like really cascades that and makes it better. Um, I don't know how many multicolored cards you have to be playing in order to make this card good. Even just getting a you know a free one one once in a while is really good, and it doesn't have to be a creature like a spell. So if you cast a you know hybrid split card. You get a 1-1. One, one. Yeah, like, it's count. really good. Yeah, like, it, yeah. uh, So I like this card. I think it's strong. And at worst, it's a 2-mana two 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. And, like, just remember this card exists because maybe eventually you get enough to, to build a tier 3 constructed deck. Four. Okay. <laughs> Next card is Priest of Forgotten Gods. Uh, so it's, it's pretty cool. Like... So the flavor text is the Orzhov are not the only religion, religious tradition on Ravnica, nor the oldest. Which is interesting, because it seems to maybe hint at some other stuff in the background. Maybe this is what's going to happen after Ravnica or Ravnica 3, or maybe the guilds will resort to something else to defeat Bull. I don't know. I think I think the flavor text is really cool. Maybe they don't have to do anything with this, but this seems like a thread that wizards could tug on if they want. Hmm. So it's black one for a 1-2 human cleric. Tap, sacrifice two other creatures. Any number of target players each lose two life and sacrifice a creature. You add black black and draw a card. Katie's, Katie's thinking. I'm processing. Processing. Huh. <laughs> Do you like it? Yeah, it, it? There's a lot. You go first. Yeah, so it's interesting because let's say you're playing 1v1, okay? Because it says, you know, any number of players. Otherwise, this it would change a little bit. But 1v1. So you're sacrificing two creatures. You're going down two creatures. Your opponent goes down one creature, and then you go up a card. So card advantage-wise, it's a neutral, but they're also losing two life, and you're getting two mana. And this is on a two-mana creature, so it's very cheap. So you play this, and on turn three, you can play Doom Whisper. If, I mean, if you have a lot of bodies, because if you're playing this on turn two, you somehow need two creatures to sacrifice, and it has to be two other creatures. So, okay, you're not playing this. Uh, you're not getting Doom Whisper on turn three. I take that back. But being able to generate two mana is really strong. And uh, it also lets you draw a card. It gets rid of some old stuff. You can sacrifice some tokens, uh, some insects from Izoni. Like, it's a card to keep an eye on. I think the power level is high. I don't quite know where it goes. But it does a lot of things. All of those things are pretty decent. Um, and I think it's worth paying attention to. Interesting. I just don't. I think like you, like I just don't have a... I can't say, like, right now, yeah, I would put it in this deck and use it for that. 
but it's a card that is strong. Yeah. I mean, so right now, every time I see the a sacrifice on a card, and this is technically free Function. sacrifice, but limited. But yeah, I, I think of Judith and having a sort of uh, blood artist type. Yeah. And this is effect. free. It's a free sack outlet, and it gets rid of two, which yeah. is awesome. And and I'm thinking about like And it also drains them for another two. So yeah, like, so it drains good. them if you had like the blood tip archer this is like a tier again slime foot so you go three for jund instead of orzhov mm-hmm. yep 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 and you're you're draining and you're sacking and you're creating mana and i don't know it's 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 an effect that you can play with yeah very strong effect very strong effect okay next up we have another card that i think is pretty pushed and keeps making that you know, uh, I forget what it's called. The Fires of Yamimaya card. The red-green one. Creatures gain riot. Creature spells you control can't be countered. You know that one? Okay. So, this is Incubation Druid. It keeps making that card look better. Sorry, with these cards. So, green one for a 0-2 Elf Druid. Tap at one mana of any type that a land you control could produce. If Incubation Druid has a plus and plus one counter on it, add three mana of that type instead. For green and green three... You can adapt three, make it into a three-five. So, green one for a mana dork is fine. It's a rate that we've paid before for mana dork. Usually, mm-hmm. they have some kind of upside. This one definitely has some upside. Uh, with five, the fires. I, I gotta learn that card's name. The I'm just gonna keep calling it the fires of Yalvimaya card. Um, this just You're basically riot because you would always choose the counter. Oh my gosh, yeah. You choose the counter, and it comes down, and then the next turn you have three more mana than you had. There's a way, I don't remember what it was, someone pointed out that you could go like, you could play a turn four Galta, or a turn four uh, Zakama. Oh my gosh. If your your Christmas land hand comes together good, good enough. I just forget what the right pieces were. But th- this is nuts. Three mana out of a mana dork is insane. And, like, you have to jump through some serious hoops to do it, because a plus and plus one counter is not something that's trivial to do. But I think there's enough cards in Standard that allow you to, like, build a deck that wants counters anyways that you can turn this on. Um, you mentioned Hadana's Climb is one of them. Um, we have the Fires of Yehovimaya card. Uh, there's just... I think there's enough stuff. There's, um... Oh, it's not a Merfolk. So, like, you can't play the Merfolk, the Jade Bearer. The uh, green one one that puts yeah. a counter on something else, but I think there's enough stuff going on that like this card, if you find the right shell for it, it becomes incredible, really really incredible. And then you ramp to mm, stuff, Zakama. Yeah, it's just I mean, like three a free three mana every turn. You're getting a black lotus every turn. Ah, should be banned. I know, it's so, like, it's really powerful. Yeah. Really, really. And you have to jump through a hoop, like, of course, because Black Lotus is, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, it, like, it's it, just the fact that, like, a card is being compared at all to Black Lotus. It's, it's a good crazy. sign for that card. It's a good sign. When was the last time we had something that generated three mana? We had, like, Shaman of Forgotten Ways. That generated two, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, awesome cons. play. Yeah, and that was three mana that generated two. So I, I I don't know. I think a two mana card that generates three mana, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. You have, yeah, yeah. Very good. I, that's I that's I think that's my my top pick, top card of the night for tonight. 
Next, we have Tome of the Guild Pact. We talked about this. This is a five-man artifact. Whenever you cast a multicolor spell, draw a card, tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. I think this card is bad. Agreed. Next. Cool. We have Captive Audience. This is Red Black 5 Enchantment. Captive Audience enters the battlefield under the control of an opponent of your choice. Ooh. Yes. An opponent. At the beginning of your upkeep, so it'll be your opponent, but yes. Choose one that hasn't been chosen. Your life total becomes four. Oh. Discard your hand. Oh. Or each opponent creates five two two black zombie creature tokens. Oh. Wow. So none of the things are things that your opponent yeah. wants. And the cool thing about this card is like, well, the design is sweet. Um, it's like a reverse uh, demonic pact or whatever that's called. Uh, and two. Normally, it's like, oh no, it's Punisher effect. Punisher effect are bad. They get to choose. But they have to eventually choose all three. Yeah. So, I like this. Because think about what happens afterwards. So, like, when this card is done, their life is four, they don't have a hand, and you have five five zombies. It's incredible. I mean, it's seven mana, really expensive. Um, This is a card that I think is really strong in limited. Like, I would very happily play this in limited. But... Again, it's probably got to be in not a Rakdos aggro deck, which is a little awkward because it's a Rakdos card. Mm-hmm. But I love I love the card. I love the design. I think it's super sweet. Yeah. Very really, cool. really fun. And I'm sure Saffron Olive will build around it. So <laughs> we have that to look forward to, of course. All right. Next, our last card of the night, Biogenic Ooze. This is green, green, three for a two, two ooze. When it enters the battlefield, create a two, two green ooze creature token. At the beginning of your end step, put a plus and plus one counter on each ooze you control. And you can pay green, 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 one to create a two, two green ooze creature token. All right. So five mana for by the end of your turn, three power spread. uh, Sorry, six power spread across two bodies is an excellent rate. Incredible rate. Excellent rate. And then they're growing every... um, Every turn. Every turn. Every one of your turns. And you can just make more, and they will all grow also. And I don't know if we have any oozes that care about having counters on them, you know, like the Simic, some of the Simic cards like the Elf, but if we have any oozes that care about having counters, this is a free way to put counters on all of them. And if you have a Combine Guild Mage, you can move them around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think this card is kind of a bomb. I... I'd pretty happily play this in any green deck. Like, just yeah. as a, I mean, uh, you know, you're like you said, you're getting two three threes, and then if it sticks, you just get bigger. But if you reliably can make more, like, green, 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 then it's just insane. It, like, you get to untap and m- make more. <laughs> I think the card is really strong, really, really strong and limited. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the card. It's going to be really annoying because you have to answer it. And it's not that hard to answer. It's going to be a 2-2 if you answer it immediately or a 3-3 otherwise. But then, like, every turn you don't answer it, things just get so much worse for you because it becomes harder to answer, harder to block, harder to attack through. More bodies, more counters. It's it's a scary, scary ooze. Scary ooze. Shouldn't see too much of it, though. It is mythic. Yeah, luckily. very good. This card, if anything else, I think would be horrible. Yeah. Horrible. There you have it, folks. That's it. The spoilers from today. That's right. We only have two more days of spoilers left. Two more days. Two more days. Two more days. We actually have all the mythics now as well. 
It feels like we have most of the rares, too. Actually, they, Roosters might have said they're spoiling it a day early. I think we might have the full set tomorrow. I have oh, to double-check yeah. that. But right. Yeah, that's cool. So, thanks for joining us. Thanks again to uh, our sponsors. Spoiler Season is brought to you by New England Comics, who you can find on Facebook at NEC Coolidge, and by Flipside Gaming, who you can find online at flipsidegaming.com. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is Spoiler Spoiler Season. Season.